All right. <clears throat> Clear the throat. Maybe I'll yawn. Yeah, I think I'll do it right now. <clears throat> it started to come, excuse me, it started to come, the yawn. And I thought, do I fight it, try to suppress it, or do I just embrace it and get it over with? Well, of course, I embraced it and got it over with, and I yawned, and here comes another. But that's all right. It's just the way it is. About a year or so ago, and I'm going back in time, but it's to teach a principle. It's to explain something to someone. And explain something to you guys, and hopefully you'll learn from this and maybe gain some, not just understanding, but um, gain some instruction that you can use in your life that will help you. I was talking to someone who, um, well, I talked to him a month ago, too, so I guess. But a year ago, it was a very deep, revealing conversation with him when he was telling me about his pornography addiction. And, you know, which really wasn't a surprise to me. It kind of felt like he was into something. But it's his life. So I wasn't trying to pry and dig into his life and ask him questions because I just don't do stuff like that. If you're going to tell me something, you tell me. It's rarely I'm going to ask you a question like that. <clears throat> Excuse me, because I just don't. Well, anyway, when we were talking, he was telling me about his um, pornography addiction and and how that led. He was married. <laughs> so, yeah. And I think they had a baby a couple months old or something. Um, and the reason I'm mentioning the, the age of the baby is because his wife had healed from having the baby so they could have sex again. Um, so it wasn't like they couldn't have sex, but anyways, he was saying how he saw some, it started with his computer. He was on his computer and he was searching for something and he typed in and he mistyped it. And here comes a pornography site, um, with some gorgeous woman on the front of it with nothing on. Not real deep, dark pornography stuff. It was just some naked woman who looked really good um, and was facing you so you could see everything. That's how it started for him. And he said, and I thought, wow, she freaking looks good. <laughs> well, who wouldn't unless you're a fag? But anyway, so he starts watching. Let me say he's looking at her and he's finding her very attractive. And there's, I guess, other pictures, smaller ones surrounding her. Um, so if you wanted to... You could just click on a picture and look at another woman. Well, that's what he did. He saw the first and thought, wow. Um, then he clicked on another one to see how she compared to the first one. Well, he said he kept clicking pictures, and some looked better than others and all this kind of stuff. That's what started his journey into pornography. So then he wanted to see, you know, his wife just had a baby, so she had baby fat and and she was, you know, recovering from having a baby. So um, they were still sexually active. They were still having sex. But, you know, she was kind of flumpy and had the extra skin and stretch marks and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, her stomach, because she had a baby, had fat there. So she wasn't this flat-chested or flat-chested, excuse me, flat-stomached wife that he married. She now had a stomach, you know. So... Not ugly things, but unattractive to what she was before she had the baby. So now he's seeing women who don't look like that. Like you said, perfect this, perfect that, you know, blah, 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 blah. 
Well, as he's viewing the stuff and getting his satisfaction from just looking at them and thinking, yeah, they look good, or she's, you know, she's got good breasts or whatever, that leads into him masturbating because his wife isn't always available to have sex with him. She's always not always wanting to. When you know, when he wants to, she doesn't. Um, kind of a thing, and he's not forcing her. He wasn't that type of person, so he decided that playing with himself was a way to get the same feeling without his wife, you know, to have the same sexual gratification of ejaculation. So that's what he started doing. Well, as time went on, um, he went from just looking at naked women to looking at, you know, their vaginas and all that kind of stuff. And then that led into him wanting to see her doing stuff with a man. So then he started watching women getting laid by men and all the things, you know, like hanging in front of the ceiling. I saw it. That was something that Sicilians will say when I was a kid. You know, well, the son of a bitch wants to hang her from the ceiling. Which as a kid, we, we thought he was hanging her, like killing her. No, it was sexual stuff. So anyway, he as he watched these these movies or videos or whatever on his computer of a woman, you know, just being taken in 16 different ways for, by a man, when he would have sex with his wife, he was doing some of that, trying to do that, some of that stuff with her, which shocked her because they had a pretty well, what I'd call well-disciplined, meaning she knew what to expect when they had sex. So all of a sudden he's doing crazy stuff, as, as he said. That's what she called it, crazy stuff, uh, positions and stuff. And wanting her to do certain things and stuff like that, which shocked her, but she didn't put the connection together. She didn't know it was pornography, but she couldn't understand why all of a sudden he wants to do this weird stuff. What's going on with him? Well, of course, when he told her he was viewing pornography, then she snapped. She went nuts. She was so filled with anger that because to her, you know, you can't, enjoy me without seeing somebody else who's you know somebody who's not me doing it with somebody so you have to pretend basically you're role-playing i'm your wife but you, but when you're with me in the sack i'm the woman you're watching on the video and now you're trying to do the things to me that the guy's doing to her she was pretty upset about it and when he was talking to me about it i said um i said well you know it's wrong right and he said yes and I said, so you you weren't able to say to yourself, this is wrong. I, just, I can't do this. Uh, you know, I better not do this or I shouldn't do this. Yeah. So he didn't say any of that stuff. And he said, well, don't you look at women? This is how he countered me. So well, don't you look at women? I said, not you know, on porn sites. <laughs> I said, I see them in the supermarket or um, running when I'm driving down the road or, you know, I said at a church or whatever I said. I see women and I appreciate their beauty when it's there. And then I'm scared of hell when they're ugly as hell. No, I said, I, I look at them and, and I rate them or, you know, I acknowledge them. But I said, I don't go on a computer to porn sites and look at naked women and women getting laid by somebody. I don't do stuff like that. And and he said, yeah, but, but you do look at women, right? And I said, well, of course, I think every man, we're visual creatures. Of course, we're looking at women. And it is, when you see an attractive woman, it's satisfying to see her beauty. 
just like if you see art or a sunset, even though it's better, the women look better than the sunset, I said, still in my mind, I'm not viewing them the way you're viewing them on, on your computer. I, I don't do that. Um, I said, now I could, I guess if I wanted to, I could allow those things to grow. But I said, one, I know the danger, and two, I have no desire. Well, he did. He, well, he ended up getting divorced. She divorced him. But he did fight the urge, and he got it to where he controlled it. And I think this is very important to any man, or woman for that matter, but it seems to be a man thing. It's, it's almost like, uh, like drinking, for instance, a person who drinks alcohol and then quits. There's always the potential to start drinking again. There isn't always the temptation, but there's always the potential that you may start drinking again under certain circumstances. So a person who has quit, who has quit drinking or stopped drinking knows that that potential is there and they fortify themselves against getting into a situation where they might do it again. Um, and to the point, I know I did this to the point where when I was at a party where people were drinking, um, I poured my own drinks. And what did I drink? Coke. I went and poured the Coke right out of the bottle. I did not have somebody get it for me. Um, I did not want to take the chance that somebody might think it's funny to put a little bit of alcohol in my Coke. Maybe George won't taste it. Or put something else in there to loosen me up a little bit, you know, a drug, so I would become less inhibited. And then maybe they put a little alcohol in there, and I don't even know it. I didn't want to take the chance. Um, and people were surprised who offered me, would you like something to drink? And I said, well, I only drink Coke, you know, Coca-Cola. And they would say, that's it? Like that. And I'd say, yeah, I, I don't drink alcohol at all. Wow. Oh, yeah, cool. Uh, well, let me get you one. That's all right. I'll get it myself. No, you, you wait here. I'll get it for you. I said, nah, that's no problem. And they thought I was getting it myself because they didn't want to inconvenience them. Most of them. Some caught on later, but the thing was is I didn't want to take the chance. Now, does it mean I struggled with not drinking? No. There was no desire. There was no pull. I did, it wasn't that. It was that I felt it necessary to ensure that alcohol would not be introduced into my system under any circumstances. Yeah. So typically they have these two-liter bottles pushed down into ice and like a, a, a bucket or something like that. So I would take one that hadn't been opened. I'd put some ice in a glass. I'd pull one that hadn't been opened and I'd pour it into the glass because I knew that that two liter couldn't have been tampered with if it hadn't been opened. Um, so I, <laughs> I might only drink two glasses of Coke the entire time because unless the two liter could be opened by me, I didn't pour from it. I didn't. Yeah. Or I watched people who went up there and poured. So when I saw a person take one and pour it directly in their glass, then add the alcohol, I was confident that that one didn't have anything in it. Now, that may seem extreme to some people, but it was what I felt was necessary because I knew some of those people were the type who would do stuff like that. 
Um, I also knew that some people thought I thought I was better because I didn't drink. Well, I didn't feel I was better than them. To me, it was simply a choice. They chose to, and I chose not to. That was it. Um, I, you know, and you could make it a moral issue, but it's moral to me. It's not necessarily moral to them. So as far as a basis for an argument, to me, there was no basis for an argument. Simple choice. I choose not to, and you choose to. So forget about it. You have the right to make that choice. In the conversation with him, it became very apparent that in the beginning, he was not aware of where that was going to take him as far as the things he would end up doing as a result of seeing that naked woman in that picture. He didn't realize it was going to lead to masturbation. He didn't realize it was going to lead to him unknowingly even trying stuff with his wife. And he didn't know it was going to end up in, in his being divorced, you know, her divorcing him because of his behavior. These things were only realized as he continued in the pornography. Had he stopped somewhere along the way, he may have never experienced the consequences of his porn, you know, pornographic addiction, pornography addiction. Maybe he, he would know. But this applies to everything in life that is not good for us. And that's really what I was talking I'm just using this as a reference because it's so prevalent now, pornography. I mean, some of the, for me, and this is just me, but some of the commercials on television are just like, wow. Um, I never watched the Oscars or, well, I don't even know what the other one's called, you know, for movie stars and TV shows. I never watched those shows. I watched part of the halftime thing, and, and it was crap, so I stopped watching it. We got up and went in the kitchen got something to eat. For me, it's like this. When you are not involved in that kind of activity, it's more shocking to you when you see it. Um, you know, like at the pool, for instance, You'll see, my wife always wore a one-piece bathing suit. She was a modestly dressed person. She didn't show herself off. Like like some women do, she didn't. She wasn't that kind of a person. She wore a very conservative one-piece that didn't, you know, wasn't cut up on the sides like a lot of them are, you know, or thong or anything. It was just a very conservative. That's what my daughter was dressed in as a child. She never, we never... Um, put my daughter in a two-piece bathing suit, bikini. It was always one piece, a very modest, so it wasn't cut up to size and showing your rear end and all that. We didn't do stuff like that. Um, when you are the type of person who does, you know, does not look for that kind of stuff, is not interested in that kind of stuff, when you see it, it is a shock to you because for me, it's like, why? It seems so unnecessary. Um, you know, it's some to, to me, it's ridiculous is what I think. Um, that is something that I think you should preserve for your husband. Um, you know, not your boyfriend, your freaking husband. When you get married, then you start peeling back the clothes in, in the bedroom with your husband. But you don't parade yourself around immodestly when you're married or even when you're single. Um, it sends a wrong message. And for men, that's what it does. It, may, it does make men interested in you. And if you look good, you're going to get a lot of men men's attention. 
because men are visual creatures and women are beautiful creatures when they're beautiful. There are some women who are not beautiful. Some men, there are some women who look like men. And for most men, that is not beautiful. Whether it's a huge jaw or whatever it is about them um, that most men consider beautiful when they have those features, they're not considered beautiful. But the same thing that drove his pornographic addiction could be in anything. If It could even be in things that are appropriate. Um, like the gym, for instance. Um, a person, say a person is overweight and out of shape and their health is suffering, and their doctor says to them, um, you know, do you, do you exercise? Yeah, every time I'm looking for the remote, I get up and find it. Ha, ha, ha. And he says, well, you know, your heart is weak and this and that. And um, I really think you need to do some exercise. <clears throat> walk at least 30 minutes a day. A dedicated walk. Do this. So, in other words, he tells this person a few things they should do to improve their health. And exercise will benefit them. Um, so they do. And then they lose a little bit of weight. They feel a little bit, you know, in better shape. Um, and they feel better about themselves. And the, the other um, indirect benefit is because they're sticking to something um, and they're achieving a certain level, they have that satisfaction of achievement. So they're, you know, they're achieving something. So that gives you that adrenaline, like the, you know, the runner's high that people feel when they run. So then he does, or she, starts walking for an hour. Or maybe they say, I'll walk a half a mile. Then they start walking a mile, then a mile and a half. Well, then they come to the point where they decide they're going to join a gym. Now, this is still appropriate. Don't get me wrong. We're coming to the inappropriate shortly. They get into a routine of exercising. They see the benefits. They feel better, and they feel they're achieving something. They join the gym. And if they're a man, they see all these gorgeous women. It's like, wow, the Garden of Eden at Gold's Gym. <laughs> um, I don't really know how women do men, but I'm sure women, it's the same way when they see shapely men men are in good shape and groomed you know the haircuts and they're shaven and all that stuff i'm sure women look and say wow he looks good or maybe even damn he looks good and this is where it starts and i'm not talking about men checking women out or women checking men out. No, i'm talking about where they had a level of exercise that was benefiting them and not yes not taken away from the other areas of their life that are important. They start spending more time at the gym. That one that is they're spending more time than is necessary, and they're setting levels of achievement that requires them to spend longer periods of time at the gym at the expense of the other areas of their life, which need their attention. So they start spending more time in the gym, um, maybe less time with their family, less time doing the yard. So in other words, they pick and choose in their life what they're going to sacrifice for their gym time. Maybe they don't go with their friends anymore and have barbecues and um, maybe Friday night with their wife, you know, their date night. They don't date anymore. There's no more Friday night date night. 
because he's at the gym. And she's home with the kids because, you know, she's got kids. She could get a babysitter when they used to go out together. But he tells her, no, um, we'll do something else. I got to hit the gym. So his preoccupation with that part of his life is causing ill effects across the other parts of his life. It can be the gym. It can be the old car that you're restoring, your hobbies. So in other words, it, it can be a financial, like a person who does day trading for stocks or cryptocurrencies, spending all their time doing that. It can be a person who spends all their time doing leisurely activities. You know, maybe they own a business, but they're not attending to the business because they're, they, you know, they're spending all this time doing what they want to do, going here and there and everywhere. Um, it, it could be um, personal development where they're so focused on their person to the exclusion of friends and family. It can be anything that is taken beyond what I call the break-even point. Because the break-even point is where whatever this new thing you're doing or whatever is in balance with the rest of the parts of your life. And it's kept in an appropriate um, amount or quantity. Um, so, for instance, if you're a gym hitter, everybody, I think, who knows anything about the gym and exercise knows you're supposed to exercise one day, rest the next day, exercise the following day, rest the next day. That's the cycle. If you exercise on Monday, you don't exercise on Tuesday. You exercise on Wednesday, but you don't exercise on Thursday. Exercise on Friday. I usually tell people never exercise on Sunday. That's that's the Sabbath day. That's God's day. Honor it. Don't exercise on it. But some people say, that's pretty extreme. And I say, well, it's also a choice. You don't have to exercise on Sunday. You can you can say, okay, I'm going to exercise on Tuesday, not Wednesday, Thursday, not Friday, Saturday, not Sunday. So you just change it one day, uh, push it ahead one day of the week, and all of a sudden you're not exercising on Sunday. So it's not like it requires revelation from God. This is something you should be able to do on your own. Well, like I said, that was about a year ago I talked to him. Now, when I talked to him recently, which I think was a month ago, a month and a half, I don't know, something like that, he told me that he still struggles with the pornography and the masturbation because he's single now. And he has a girlfriend, but she's very moral. She doesn't believe in premarital sex. Um, I mean, they kiss and play, I call it playing grab ass. But she is not one who will allow, um, like, she's not going to allow him to shove his hand down her pants or up her blouse to feel her breast. And she's not going to, she doesn't do stuff like that. Even grabbing her rear end, um, maybe a little pinch, but she's not going to let him just cup her rear end. She's, and he knows that, so he doesn't try it. But she's, that's who she is. I think she's smart. I think she's also moral. But he still struggles with the pornography, and he still struggles with um, the masturbation. So I said, well, this is me <clears throat> doing a good impersonation of yawning. Actually, I did yawn. Excuse me. So I said to him, well, isn't there <clears throat> a relationship between the two? Like, isn't it when you give into the pornography and look at it, isn't that when you, you know, end up masturbating because when you see it, you want that feeling again. And um, he said, well, yeah, yeah. 
And I said, so isn't it better to fight the pornography so it'll lessen the chance that you will masturbate? So if you're not looking at the pornography, there's less of a chance you're going to play with yourself because you're not looking at the pornography. And he goes, well, yeah, I guess so. And I said, well, why don't you try it? You know? And then I just told him this. I said, look, I said, let me just tell you this. Um, because he knows my wife died just over a year ago. I said, I don't view the pornography. I don't play with myself. <laughs> you know, I, I said, you know, it's just something you don't do. And I don't pursue women to get them to try to satisfy the physical desires I have for a woman. I don't do that because I don't want what I know will happen, happen. That's, I said, I'm, I said, like, you're not looking at pornography because you don't want to masturbate. I said, I don't get involved with women because I don't want to develop feelings for them and then run the risk that I want a relationship with them or that something inappropriate will happen. So I, I specifically do not get involved with women in a dating relationship thing at all. And women that I am associated with are states away from me. There's no woman that lives close, you know, more than two states away from me that I'm involved with. Locally, I'm involved with no women whatsoever. Um, even the woman up north in Wyoming, I'm not involved with her. Now, I see her sometimes when I go to visit, you know, my daughter. Um, and sometimes the three of us go to dinner. But I said, I, I stay away from her because I don't want anything to develop. I said, that's how I guard against it. I said, you're going at guarding against pornography is you're going to have to take active steps to convince yourself that you just cannot look at that stuff because of the way it affects you. And when you stop looking at it, your relationship with your girlfriend will improve and you won't have the desire to get laid, which that's built into men. You know, well, I don't know about women. I hope it is. But for men, you, there's something that, you know, like you're dying to have it kind of a thing. Um, you have to control your passions and you have to live. You have to live your life in such a way where that's not the most important thing to you. Some men, that's the most important thing to them. Um, they, you know, and you'll hear them say, I've got to have it well, in a way they do. Because they have become the kind of person that that rules their life. Um, under the right conditions, getting laid is wonderful, you know. So when you're married to someone, you have a great relationship with them. That is a part of that relationship that is very satisfying. It's wonderful. Sometimes kids are the result come as the result of that activity. But just like the gym or the hobbies. Um, going shooting or four-wheeling or restoring a car, anything, even religion. I know some people who are so religious they're not. In other words, they're religious in the sense that they do all the outward religious things like reading their scriptures. You know, they'll tell you all the time, yeah, I'm reading my scriptures. You know, I read about five chapters a time every day. And, you know, I pray to God several times a day. Those are very personal things that you shouldn't be shouldn't feel the need to tell other people. Um, you, you might just say something like, "Yeah, I read my scriptures and I pray, you know, every day." That's sufficient. A person who tells me, "Well, I read my scriptures several times a day and I pray to God, you know, four or five, six times a day," I'm thinking, "Why are you telling me? 
That should be something that's private and personal to you. That's something, that's your relationship with God, not me. And I have no need to know this stuff. I would think a person, just, just like I, I shudder when I hear men tell their men um, the intimate details of their, you know, interaction with their wife. Yeah, my wife, yeah, we do this, or she likes this. I, I just cringe. I cut, if they're friends of mine, I cut them off. Because that is not something you should be sharing. That's between you and your wife and nobody else. But sometimes men will do that. You know, one man will brag, yeah, my wife, blah, blah, blah. Which causes other men to say, you know, yeah, well, mine, this and that. That's inappropriate. Just like I think it's inappropriate. Um, if you went to college and somebody didn't, I think it's inappropriate to posture yourself as being better because you got a degree and somebody didn't. Um, I've seen that too. That drives me nuts when people do that because it's wrong. It shows me that you are less of a person than you claim to be. If you have to um, up somebody with something they may have not even had the opportunity to do. And here you are making them feel less than who they are because of an opportunity you had that they didn't. Yeah. All right. Let me sum this up because we're getting close. I got to get going. I'm going to my daughter's punk rock concert tonight. Um, uh, these yawns are, yeah. Comes down to this. In all things in our life, there has to be a proportional balance with our attention being given to first to the most important things in our life God, our spouse, our children, our extended family, our friends, and then the stranger. In areas of our life, sometimes there are some things in our life that will take precedence over others because of need, because of the time in our life, because of the challenges we're facing. And one of the things we're gonna, we need to do or are going to have to do is work with those things and know how to maintain a balance when our life feels like it's been turned upside down and we feel anxious and driven um, and preoccupied and despondent, all those types of things that act upon us. There is no such thing as being uh, uh, blissful at all times. Satisfaction isn't something that is continuous. Um, Happiness is not static. We have ups and downs in our lives. We get pulled left and right. In all directions, it seems sometimes we're being pulled by people, by circumstances. As a person, we, we, if we're going to make it through that and continue to progress, we need to learn the trade-off system of life. And with that trade-off system, prioritize in our lives the things that are most important juxtaposed to the things that aren't. The needs and the wants, the benefits and the penalties, the pros and the cons, the rights and the wrongs. We need to, through experience and knowledge, develop wisdom. So as we get older and we have more experience and we've gained more knowledge, our choices are wise based on that knowledge and experience. And we know what we should do opposed to what we want to do. And then choose, well, you know, at that point, choose. Choose appropriately. 
independent of other people's opinions or counsel. We decide for ourselves what we should do, and then we do it. You'll find that in time, things will become more clear. Well, they'll be be more clear to you as to what you should do. You'll find in time you'll have greater peace and happiness. You will avoid a lot of the pitfalls of life and a lot of the negative consequences that others suffer because you are choosing more wisely. And that brings a satisfaction of its own that cannot be obtained any other way. Yeah, that's the truth. All right, that's it. I got to start going because I got to pack and I still haven't had a shower. It's been one of those lazy mornings. I had all kinds of dreams. It was crazy. So, yeah. Anyways, I wish you the best. Take care.